0: Okay, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. This is a sad episode. A life cut way too short, selfishly and mercilessly. Judith Barsi was a prolific child actress who was the voice of many of our childhoods. Yep, yep, yep. But she was failed by her family, Hollywood, and the world. That's today on Death in Entertainment.
1: Live from Los Angeles. 911, what is your emergency? Here are in Hollywood now.
2: Two counts of murder. Injury
1: and death. Oh my God. Shocking new details. That has stunned the entertainment world.
0: Um, this makes me a little nervous. The hair stood up on my arms.
2: Just like in the movies. <gasps> what do you call this thing anyway? Death
1: in of entertainment. <laughs> Greetings, Dedo Universe.
2: Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Howdy. Hi.
1: Boy, howdy. Boy, howdy. The boys are back again. Yes. Mm-hmm. Why? We, we're we trying to
2: ask ourselves that same question
1: here. Yeah. Yes. W- what's going on, everybody? My name's Kyle Plouf.
2: My name is Mark
1: Mulcaron. And I'm Alejandro Dowling. And we are going through the tragic tale of Miss Judith Barcy. Yes. Prolific
0: child actress. Yeah. Really?
2: You don't get a lot of those prolific child actresses.
0: Willie, Why, well, <laughs> what makes
2: you say that? Sometimes they're just all right, you know. They're not prolific.
0: They're yeah. not right. child actors. They don't He's get a lot apart. of work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: who's a girl from The Pianist? Yeah, she, like she's prolific. She went an piano. Oscar. The, the piano. The piano. Yes,
0: that's yeah. Anna Paquin. She yeah. won an Oscar. Yeah, I mean, at like ten years old. See, yeah. that's prolific. Yeah, I mean, she had to
1: see Harvey Keitel's Dick. But <laughs> oh, well, we all they... had to also. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, he got his own Broadway show, remember?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I tell dick. That was off-Broadway. Off-Broadway. <laughs> yeah, way off-Broadway. Yeah.
0: And just a reminder, as you can tell, we do have a little fun on this podcast, but the subject matter is serious, yeah. so we only make the jokes when appropriate.
2: And this is our disclaimer, just to let you guys know that there, there will be some shocking things that are mentioned. We will make light of certain things, but we're not really out to uh, be cruel people, but we you know. No, it's just the nature of how we do our podcast.
1: Yeah. So So with that. With that. Let's get in the car and go to July 25th, 1988.
0: Rev it up. All right, Kyle, can you help us out with the music that was popular the weekend of July 25th, 1988? Number three on the Billboard music charts, Breathe with Hands to Heaven. With
1: Hands to Heaven? Yeah. What does that mean? Is that
2: featuring?
1: Well, Breathe does Hands
0: to Heaven. Oh, it's their song. The song Uh, is Hands to Heaven. Yeah, I don't know this song at all, I don't think. Yeah, this for being number three, it sounds pretty obscure. Yeah. I can't even think of how this would go. It was still like kind of 80s new wave stuff going on there. So I think, you
2: know, some of the music was weird around this time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hands to heaven and my my fingers are in heaven and my knuckles are in heaven. That's Johnny That's, Cash. More you- <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, uh, like
1: hands to nowhere. Yeah. Hands to nothing. Uh, number two is Richard Marks' Hold On to the Nights.
0: Hold on to the nights. Is that how it really went? Yeah. Or are you just making that up? Richard Marks, perfect. this was a banger. Really? All I think is Marks Brothers, like, her.
1: Yeah,
2: what do you say, Richard? Yeah, he was the, he was the <laughs> unknown Marks <Yeah>. Brother. <laughs> Uh yeah, he was he was big in the 80s. Oh right, yeah. Like, yeah, he's big on Twitter these days. He's a, he's a big mainstay
0: on Twitter. Richard what? Marks?
2: Yeah, Richard Marks. he's well known on Twitter. He's a, he's a big uh, personality
1: on there.
0: Wow. He makes jokes or something? Yeah,
2: yeah, he makes at, you know to his own expense sometimes. He's he's messing around with Richard Marks. Huh. <laughs> check it out, guys.
1: Check it out. Check it out. Yeah. All right. <laughs> big vouch right there from Mark. Big vouch. Uh number 1 Steve Winwood roll with it. Still have no idea. I remember mm. Winwood, but yeah. I, don't, I don't remember Roll. He came Wynwood. up with uh, he came up in one of our podcasts, but I can't
0: remember what song.
2: <laughs> yeah. Bring me a higher love. Oh, if he if he does that song, I like that song. Yeah, he
0: does do that song. That's pretty good. That's his biggest hit.
2: Send me uh, a higher love. Oh. On to movies, top three movies at this time, July twenty fifth, nineteen eighty eight. Number three. You love it. Die Hard. Mm. Wow. The movies were on point at this time. The music, so sad. Die Hard, you really can't go wrong with that movie. I love it so much.
0: Yeah. One of the best action movies ever. Yeah. It was actually titled after my
1: grandfather. Who had a heart attack while on Viagra.
0: (laughs) it's Hello. This opening is going to have a thousand bits going on. (laughs) And also Die Hard is one of the best Christmas movies.
2: Yeah, that's up for debate every year. Is it a Christmas movie? Is it not? Also. It is. This movie, the script was written like way back in the 60s, and Frank Sinatra was supposed to be the, the lead of this. What? Yes.
1: When I didn't know that. It was gonna be a movie
2: in the sixties and Frank Sinatra was supposed to be the lead. Wow. ki Kaye, motherfucker. Ring a ding <laughs> Kaye, motherfucker. Yeah. Um that would not have been a good movie, I feel like. No. <laughs> um number two, coming to America. Whoa. We've talked about John Landis on this. He was a very problematic character on that set because he him and Eddie Murphy got into a big fight. I think John Lindis quit or got fired and then just hung back. He did the George Costanza where he waited until Monday and then just started working again Shit. after he quit. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Because yeah. he was very <laughs> concerned who Eddie Murphy was sleeping with.
2: Yes. Who which was um his the girl in it, who mm. was the daughter of the guy who owned McDowell's, who <laughs> Eddie Murphy was dating in it. And for some reason, like, why the fuck did he care? John Landis says, Don't fuck her to Eddie Murphy, and Eddie Murphy's like Fuck you, man. And it was like a whole like blow up. <laughs> yeah. And you, then John Landis says, I quit. And then he's and then he came just came back to work. <laughs> Keep the actress from McDowell's out your fucking mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number one movie at this time. Who framed Roger Rabbit?
0: Ooh. Great, great movie. It was Christopher yes. Lloyd, by the way. For what? Who framed him?
1: Oh. Okay. He's the bad guy in the movie. <laughs>
2: Is he okay? I don't remember. Right. I mean, is he? Uh, yes. I don't remember it that well. What? what, what, what is that part of our homework here to watch well, for that
0: every week, just in case it comes up? To not remember that Christopher Lloyd is the main villain. Remember, he has those crazy cartoon <laughs> eyes. Yeah, and then he gets run over by the bulldozer or whatever, yeah. flattened. Yeah, I just
2: remember Bob Hoskins. I, I'm a Hoskin head. So I just remember him in that.
1: That's crazy that you know Bob Hoskins.
0: <laughs> <the principal laughs> well,
2: what? Bob Hoskins was like the fucking lead in it.
0: Am I wrong? No, you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> then Mark goes, wasn't there a rabbit? Yeah. Something yeah, in there it? There we go. Yeah. And, wasn't and, and, there a
2: big-titted cartoon? Yes. Oh, yeah, Jessica Rabbit. She had uh, some nice honkers.
0: Honka, 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 honker. <laughs> By the way, I'd like to debut my Roger Rabbit impression. Let's hear it. Gee, Eddie.
2: <laughs> oh, my God.
0: Um,
2: is there a button we can hit? <laughs> no, that's the wrong button. That's the very wrong
1: button. When I was a kid watching that movie, I always thought Bob Hoskins was Phil Collins.
2: Yeah, they, they, they have similar looks Phil. and, yeah, and, and accents. Yeah. Um, also, July 25th is Matt LeBlanc's birthday, born in 1967. Who knew? How you doing? How you doing? It's my birthday, you fucks. <laughs> He's from Newton, Massachusetts. Actually, I had a, f- I had a friend who was related to him.
0: Oh, yeah. So, could he be any more born?
2: Oh. Well, that's that's not his catchphrase. So I don't really know. <laughs> what he was. Oh
0: yeah, his was a. Hey. No, it's how you doing? It's how you doing. That was Fonzie. Yeah. Well, he was a ripoff of Fonzie. Yeah.
2: But I think um, who was it? Jen- no, Lisa Kudrow said on the set of Friends when she was there. When she was getting ready for the show, for the taping, she wouldn't wear makeup. And then once she put on makeup, one of the producers says, oh, you finally look fuckable. And she said she told Matt LeBlanc, who was like the big brother of all the women there, and he like fucking put in some words with this producer guy. So
0: He was (laughs) actually a good guy, I guess. Ah. Yeah, that's very nice.
2: Yeah, he was always like the badass on the show. like. Like, he's the one they brought when they got into fights and stuff. Remember Ross and them were getting into a fight? Yeah.
0: I don't know. You don't watch the show. Never. You're too busy walking, watching Roger Rabbit. Fuck you. <laughs> I watch Friends. I watch must-see TV, you pieces of shit. <laughs> I like how every 90s executive asks, is she fuckable? Yeah, that came up with the Brittany Murphy thing. Yeah.
2: The swing 90s where they just they let it fly,
0: I guess. Boy. <laughs> yeah, to be an
2: executive then. <laughs> Oof. No he had, thanks. He had to be a
0: scumbag. Yeah. And speaking of scumbags. Yes. You're about to hear about the ultimate scumbag. Okay. As we go into the story of Judith Barcy. Okay, we are going to get started in Hungary. And boy, am I hungry. <laughs> I could go for something.
2: How about a country?
0: <laughs> Josef Barsi and Maria Benko were both Hungarian immigrants who fled to the U.S. during the Soviet occupation in 1956. Mm. But they didn't meet each other until years later in Los Angeles. Wow. He was working as a plumber and would frequent the bar she worked at. Mm. And how would he pay for his drinks, you ask? With $100 bills. Really? Yeah. Where was he getting this money? Plumbing. The plumbing I, biz. I guess
2: it must, business must have been booming. Yeah. yeah I guess yes. Yeah, had that plumber's crack all over.
0: That's where he's keeping the hundreds. Swinging pipes and business is good. <laughs> yeah. And then laying pipe. That's I right. guess so. After the bar. Mm-hmm. He had some kind of mysterious allure, speaking with his thick accent, And, of course, showing off his wealth. Apparently, Maria, the barmaid, was charmed. I'm not sure why. Can we see a picture of him quick?
2: Yeah. Was he look like a fucking monster? A fucking Jeez.
0: absolute <laughs> fucking sleaze. She said that he was tall, dark, and handsome. Uh, none of that is yeah. true. You see that guy? He looks like a plumber.
1: He was short, pale, and fucked up looking. Yeah, that
2: jacket, he looks like he's wearing Elvis's jacket or something. Yeah.
0: He looks like a melting candle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he looks like if Ben Gazzara played him in a movie, they'd have to put ugly makeup on him.
2: <laughs> yeah. And put on, like, 20 pounds on Gazzara. <laughs>
1: face fat yeah i don't know how he had such a beautiful daughter but uh he is fucked up looking yeah he looks like a monster yeah (laughs) i
0: think that it must have been that they have that shared experience of fleeing hungry
1: yeah well
2: that makes the most sense you know they they know the same people like hey you remember you know johnny from hungary yeah Yeah, i remember that guy you know they they have a they have a history
1: he certainly Uh, looks hungry (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, he looks full. Yeah, I think he looks full. I don't think
2: he's ever seen hunger in his life. <laughs> he's seen hungry, but not hunger. Yeah, he's never missed a meal. This guy
1: hungry, by the way. That's the new country that we've been charting on. So, oh, hopefully, uh, people aren't big uh, Joseph Barzy heads out there. <laughs> None of the Barzy
2: family. Hopefully, not <laughs> listening to this. We love him.
0: Yeah. So Maria and Joseph dated briefly, and then became husband and wife. The second marriage for both of them. Really? Yeah.
1: Fool me once, (laughs) fool me once. Shame on you. Yeah. Fool me twice. Will you marry?
0: No, I'm fucking Joseph (laughs) (laughs) Parsi. Will you be my wife? (laughs) At first, theirs was a happy courtship. He would spoil her with gifts and tell her that they were destined to be together. However, their fairy tale would not last as the monster beneath the surface would soon rear its ugly head. What is that? Wait, what happened? It was his ugly head coming. Out. <laughs> <laughs> Literally his ugly head.
1: Yeah, he's coming out of a bath.
2: <laughs> hey, how's it going? <laughs> he was,
0: Holy
1: shit, you're in your ugly <laughs> head.
0: <laughs> Can yeah. I get a drink? Let me get a rum and coke. Yeah, he's, he's, he's asking for <laughs> drinks <there. laughs> In his own bathroom. <laughs> he, he was waking up from a vodka-infused slumber. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I almost drowned myself. That ever happened to you? Let me get a rum and coke. We'll talk about it. It's actually likely that the monster was better looking than him. Yeah, yeah exactly. Can we just stick with the monster? Yeah. <laughs> that other guy was
2: fugly. Just scaring our kids. Seeing that come out of the water, it's like the fucking Loch Ness. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> he steps outside. The birds come out of the fucking trees. <laughs> Yosef, more like no. Nosef, please.
2: The cops knock on the door. We got a we got a report of an ugly guy in
1: there. <laughs> <laughs> we got a report of a monster rearing his ugly head. <laughs> Very ugly father. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Wait, that's something you can call the cops on? Yeah, well yeah. <laughs> yeah, well these days, sure. Officer, he's eating again.
2: Yeah. Uh, sir, you have a little too much to
0: eat tonight? Good, he's distracted. <laughs> please <laughs> They shine the, the flashlight in his face. In his mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We know it says all you can eat, but come on. <laughs>
2: the first this is a written warning we're gonna give you for being an ugly father.
0: Your intestine. <laughs> is about to explode yeah. <laughs> so yosef had a rough childhood and would fly into a fit of rage when asked about it wow so if you said hey how was your childhood he'd go fuck you what <laughs> the fuck flip a table yeah <laughs> <laughs> he often said he came from no one So hated his parents and family. So
2: like an orphanage or just like he just felt like he was never cared for?
1: Little is known about him. That's what they used to say for the Ultimate Warrior when they announced him to the the wrestling ring. They would say from parts unknown. Yeah. And that's what this guy sounds like he wants to be from.
0: He was on the Anthony Bourdain show? Yes. Nice. Nice. (laughs) That's him. (laughs) Oh, I keep getting the applause today. I know. We're hitting the wrong button.
2: We got to reprogram.
0: Yosef's rage was off the charts, and he would often get into physical fights with anyone who got on his nerves, including women and children. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) There's at least one instance where witnesses say he attacked a child for asking him to repeat a question. Excuse Wait. me, what did you say? What, what is he asking a kid anyway? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Directions
1: or like financial like questions? Hey know? kid, you think I look like a monster? Yeah. Can you repeat that,
2: sir? <laughs> 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 Do I look fat in this very
1: tight sweater? <laughs> that Does my wife love me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey kid, can you run and get me a lotto ticket? Yeah. <laughs> what was that? What's that, Mister? <laughs> <laughs>
2: That reminds me of Mr. Show character. He was like he was like Freddy two times, but he was Freddy one time. He only said things <laughs> once. And you say, boy, this suit stinks. And he goes, what are you just saying? He just, he just stared at it. You wouldn't say it again. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you could say that again. <laughs> Cold silence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was Pally's. Yeah, Pally's, yes. <laughs> Mr. Show. I love it. One of the best shows ever.
2: You know who he, the dad reminds me of here? Peter Weller. Remember when he beat the shit out of Corey Haim? for yes. s- When Corey Haim said, I love your acting, he's like, Would "What do
0: you just do? Ball- <laughs> Fucking show you. What are you telling me? Yeah. How did Peter Weller not end up in jail after yeah, that? Yeah. There's like three crew guys had to
2: peel him off of uh, Corey Haim.
1: Yeah, he
0: ended up on RoboCop after he, that. Yeah, he
2: was like 12 <laughs> years
1: old. Like, oh, you like to beat up innocent people? How about you be a fucking cop in dystopia? <laughs>
2: we think you'd be
0: perfect for this, this yeah. Paul Verhoeven movie. That other movie was Firstborn. Yeah, where he beat up Corey yeah, Haim. Beat, oh boy. Yeah. So Yosef was not the least bit ashamed of his uncontrollable anger. In fact, he would brag about his many drunken fights as if they were entertaining campfire tales. <laughs> Sounds like Frank Rizzo from Jerky Boys. <laughs> yeah. Like my neck
1: will flare up like a fucking pack of hemorrhoids.
2: <laughs> like, yeah, I saw these four-year-olds on the west side the other day. Did I give them a
0: beating? <laughs> I'm like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> He claimed he killed a man during one such brawl. What? Even serving prison time for it. Wow. But there's no proof that this ever happened.
2: Oh, okay. So he's like one of those crazy braggarts where he's a tough guy in every story.
0: Yeah. And remember Michael Gargiulo, the Hollywood Ripper? Yeah. He told bouncers at the bar he worked at that he'd killed people, and they flat out didn't believe him. Yeah. So in some cases, it is true yeah. And in other cases it's not. Very weird psychology.
1: Yeah. If someone tells me that they killed a woman and it's just like this fucking weird guy, I'd probably believe that over some fucking fat loser being like, "Oh, I killed this guy." It's like, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't. he did. Yeah. He talked like,
2: back to me and like yeah. in that scenario you're trying to, you know, tell people that you're tough and they shouldn't fuck with you. Yeah. It's like when people just say like, yeah, don't, you know, I really gave it to this guy at fucking CVS the other day. Like yeah. you didn't say shit, man. You cowered like a coward. Yep. Like you are.
0: Yeah, that's a very interesting point. There is a difference. Big time. What is unquestionably true though, is that he was a mean man and a meaner drunk with three DUI arrests on his record.
2: If you got DUIs in the seventies, like you were really drunk. Like right. if you get like like, they weren't really looking for you. You had to be, like, going the wrong way on the 101. <laughs> right.
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the one good thing that Yosef contributed to this world came into existence on June 6, 1978. That's the day Judith Barcy was born. Oh. Maria knew her daughter was special and was determined to make her a star one day. So right out of the womb, she's already, you know, prepping her. Throwing her at Gerber's hands. Yeah, for show business.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Take my baby, please.
0: (laughs) She was a strict parent slash momager, always coaching Judith to behave properly and to be the model child. Mm. Judith was very smart and spoke fluent Hungarian, but was taught to speak English without an accent. Wow. So she has two things going on. She's learning the mother language. Yeah. And then she's told, but when you speak English, make sure you sound American. Wow. We don't want any hint of foreign on you.
2: It was very polished American back in those days in Hollywood.
0: Maria would take Judith to Hollywood hotspots and encourage her to be loud so that industry people would notice her.
2: That's smart. A lot of those stories happen like that. Hey, who's your kid over there? Who's that loud kid? Yeah. <laughs> I want her in my next movie, The Loud Kid. Right.
0: (laughs) Who's that kid singing Tomorrow from Annie while doing backflips on the roller rink? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We got to get her in for an audition. Yeah. Before long, Judith was ready for her close-up. Maria took her to a bunch of auditions. And not only was she a cute kid with blonde hair and blue eyes, but she could cry on command and remember her lines. That's huge. Yeah. If you can remember your lines, you will have a good career in Hollywood as a character actor. Yeah. Once you're in the door,
2: that's very important. I, I think that's what Danny McBride, I think I heard him talking about that. Like, as long as he memorizes lines, like, that's really all they care about. Mm-hmm. They just and do the bare minimum as far as the acting goes, but the, the, <laughs> the remembering the lines is so important.
0: <laughs> Success came quickly, and Judith appeared in multiple big commercials that went national.
2: Oh, shit. That's the big money, especially these days.
0: Yeah, let's watch one of them. Frito-Lay has a new flavored Lay's brand potato chip. It's called jalapeno and cheddar. Okay, I got it now. New Lay's
2: jalapeno and cheddar.
0: No other chip can say it. No one can eat just one.
2: Man.
1: Why couldn't that guy say jalapeno? Yeah, he was a bad actor. <laughs> yeah, he didn't know his line. She
0: outshone him in that clip. Yeah. Holla, 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 holla.
2: Read the script, fucker. Holla holla holla. Holla holla. Let me holla at you. Let me holla at you, bitch.
0: <laughs> and then that is such a Hollywood line, she's forced to say at the end. Men, get yeah. the fuck out of here. A five-year-old.
2: <laughs> oh my God. Oh, I really hates this
0: line. Jeez. <laughs> As Judith's professional life excelled, her home life became chaotic and dysfunctional,
2: but she's like the sole breadwinner now, kinda well, her dad's a plumber, and they you know you can make some money there.
0: a lot of people clog their toilets that's true,
2: especially the dad <laughs> <laughs> Nice.
0: Her parents' marriage started to crumble. they would berate each other, and Yosef would physically assault Maria when, in his eyes, she got out of line.
2: So this is like an old world kind of like, you know, dynamic where he's like, he should be the boss and-
0: Yeah, very Pushing her around, yeah. He's the rooster of the head house. Yeah. Their relationship was so contentious, they wouldn't even bother to hide it in front of others. Friends saw him lunge at her and grab her neck at a party. My God. He threatened to kill her multiple times, and like his drunken fight stories- he was more than happy to admit this to people around him, so he's proud of being a dirtbag.
2: Yeah, I mean, maybe that's the the Hungarian mindset. I don't, I don't want to paint any pictures, but I think it's, I think it's of the time. You know, it's just kind of like a backwards way of thinking. Yeah. Like, women belong in their place, yada, 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 belong in the, the bedroom, or the, or the kitchen, I mean. <laughs>
0: and the bedroom. And the bedroom. Maria and the society at large were not his only targets, however. He soon focused on little Judith, too. A neighbor recalled a time where he approached his daughter, who was playing in the front yard, grabbed her kite, and then ripped it up because, as he explained, she was being a spoiled brat. It seemed like he was just in a bad mood. He wanted to take it out on his daughter.
1: Yeah, 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 real tough.
2: Yeah, real tough guy. He rips up.
1: What a guy! Kids
2: kites and stuff, and like, you know, coloring books. Wow, tough guy.
0: Yeah, don't fuck with that guy.
2: (laughs) Yeah, he'll 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 destroy any kid.
0: Yeah, (laughs) under ten years old. Judith's big TV break came in 1984 with Fatal Vision, a miniseries where she played Kimberly McDonald, a girl who was murdered by her father along with her pregnant mother. Hilarious storyline. Little foreshadowing here too, unfortunately. Well, I feel like you're telling us something already. And we have a clip from this show. So this is a flashback in the oh, miniseries it, right? when she was alive. Ow. The zoo. Can we right away? Now you just go get your sweater. Here we go. Someone's
2: in the kitchen
0: with Someone in the kitchen, I know. Someone's in the kitchen with It's got a cute voice. Kind of ominous in that clip. Yeah, really. Well, again, I know because well, it there's like an echo. Of, uh,
2: Someone's. Oh, like they're, they're literally trying to tell you something yeah. bad's going to happen to that kid.
0: Well, she's already dead in the miniseries, so that was a flashback to when she was alive, and then it's about how did that happen, and did the dad kill them? So it's kind of like Twin Peaks, maybe. Very dark, yes. The cast and crew noted how polite, thanks to Maria's coaching, Mm -hmm. and professional Judith was. After the success of the miniseries, she got an agent named Ruth Hansen, who kept her as one of the busiest child actors of the 80s. In one year, she earned a hundred thousand dollars and thus became, as Mark pointed out, the family's main breadwinner
2: a hundred grand at this time, like a kid that's crazy,
0: yeah, damn
2: if if my kid made a hundred grand right now, like I'd probably keep it.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can live a lo- home
0: a little longer. There, All
2: right, someone bought a little more time for them.
1: Yeah, you just got yourself to second grade, kid.
0: <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> but don't get used to it. You want to go Cuz I'm crazy. <laughs> you want to go to college? What are you nuts?
2: <laughs> you get a lot of more commercials to uh work on now.
0: Yeah. While Maria was delighted that her vision was coming to fruition for her daughter, Yosef was jealous. Of course. His income was far lower, and he was embarrassed to be outshined by his daughter. What a fucking loser. Yeah,
2: what a bum. Just sit back and just, you know, accept what's going on here, Yosef.
0: I would love to have a kid that's a breadwinner. Yeah. Yeah. Then I could just do this podcast all day. Hell yeah. Resentment turned to rage, and he would take it out on Judith. Among other things, he would hit, punch, slap, and throw pots and pans at her, resulting in scratches, bruises, and nosebleeds. (laughs) God! I know, it's horrible. Judith confided in her agent, Ruth, about the abuse and told other actors on set that her dad was scary and unhappy. Quote, I'm afraid to go home. My daddy is drunk every day and wants to kill my mother. Man, what do you
2: do there, though?
0: You know, like, if you're like,
2: you know, uh, a set PA or something, you're like, oh, okay. Mm, It's a little heavy, kid. (laughs) You know. (laughs) You are running lines? (laughs) Now you
0: see that tape on the floor, that's your mark. (laughs) Yeah. See you later. Talking to the camera. Bill Bill Cosby's like, kids say the darndest things. The kid is crazy. And the pudding and yeah. the... <laughs> <laughs> you know, people did react that way. They weren't really sure what to do because yeah. Yosef was never on set. They never saw this guy. So he
2: wasn't like a Kit Culkin, where he's constantly there and just making everything oh, no. time miserable. But he's just like... He's the one at home just like once the girl gets dropped
0: off there, it's like that's when the nightmare begins. Coworkers and friends tried to convince Maria to leave him. One person even offered them a room in their house to escape, Yosef. But Maria declined, stating that such an action would make the situation worse. And by the way, mind your own business.
2: Why don't they just get a, you know, a room at the Chateau Marmont or like a hotel
0: or... That didn't work out so good for John Belushi. No,
2: but, but or like an
0: apartment somewhere. Anywhere. Anywhere. Go to La Quinta. Go to La Quinta, yeah. They have a continental breakfast. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> they, got, they got free
2: ice. Free <laughs> HBO. Yeah, there you go, La Quinta.
0: Remember in the <laughs> 80s a... and 90s, they would advertise free HBO like, whoa. Yeah. If yeah. you
2: stay here, you can watch HBO. Yeah. <laughs> you can watch John from Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs>
1: People's dads on the highway just be like, holy shit!
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's like a fiery auto reg. Ah, <laughs> we gotta stop this La Quinta. Like the, yeah. That's the corners like seeing the
0: body. Yeah. <laughs> La Quinta! <laughs> 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 in december 1986 things finally came to a head when maria called the cops to their home in west hills and told them everything west hills wow they were way up there west hills is far yeah it's west
2: it's west and it's hills
0: it's out west it's out west they say go west son <laughs> at the end of the earth yeah where the sun sets so what did the police say nothing she told them that Yosef was abusive to both of them yeah and that he made death threats and that he strangled her earlier in the evening my god the cops said there was nothing they could do because they failed to find physical signs of abuse and they couldn't find any evidence to make an actual arrest
2: cops were shit around this time not to say they've gotten much better but they're really garbage
0: (laughs) (laughs) kyle any Uh thoughts on that nothing to add mark just nailed it yeah Maria was disappointed and felt helpless. In her opinion, the police were disinterested in helping her and Judith. But even though their visit that night didn't result in an arrest, Yosef seemingly turned over a new leaf. He said the incident was a wake-up call and used it as an opportunity to quit drinking. So that's nice, right? What a guy.
2: But did he? That's kind of
0: cool. Yeah,
2: as long as he did.
0: Well... Not exactly. He cut back. This new leaf would only be temporary. This new leaf would soon fall. (laughs) He's really hitting hard on the leaf uh, talk here, Kyle. This new leaf would turn red and then shrivel up and die (laughs) 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 before the winter's (laughs) chill. Yosef put on a facade publicly apologizing for his behavior to friends and family, telling them he wanted to be a better man. He painted a picture of home life where dinner was rarely cooked for him, and he would often return from a day's work to a dirty house. Also, that Maria was stubborn and impossible to deal with.
2: I mean... I would never believe anything this guy says. He's the one that says, yeah, some guy told me off and I murdered him. Like, okay. (laughs) I would never believe anything that person ever said again.
0: Some people did believe him. Well,
2: it was hard to, like, confirm things back in the day then. Like, say if someone, like, you know, says these crazy things are the toughest guy in the world. They murdered this guy, you know, in Hollywood the other day. But... There's no way of like, okay, I believe you. If you're like, if me and some other guy is at a bar and he's saying shit like this, I feel like I can smell a rat, but some people cannot.
0: Yeah. And with the old fashioned lens on, people are like, oh, so she's not taking care of you.
2: Yeah. And women should be taking care of the men. Right. Yeah. And that's the, even though she's the one that put together this entire money making scenario with the daughter in which they're. They're living very comfortably because of the wives' idea. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I hate this guy. Let's kill him. He's on the shit list, I think. Oh, big the time shit time list. The getting bigger and bigger. He is
0: the shit list. Yeah, he is it. Yeah, so some people were buying his bullshit and convinced that Maria was not giving their marriage a proper try. In reality, Yosef continued to abuse Judith and Maria verbally and spit out the usual death threats. So the violence stopped, but he kept berating them and ridiculing them.
2: I mean, I I wonder if this guy is like Tony Soprano like I'm going to freaking kill yous, you know, like or or if he's like really like he really means it, like viscerally angry.
0: He's he has plans to kill these people. Oh, he means it. Really? people weren't sure
2: it seems like he's very serious about killing innocent women and children but when it comes to like real dangerous people he's hands off
0: i'm sure some people thought they were just hyperbolic statements
2: yeah like that that's what i mean like a hyperbolic statement
0: or something like that his resentment of judith's career worsened the stress of her dad weighed heavily on her she continued to break down in between filming her scenes for various commercials and TV shows. Her coping mechanisms involved plucking her eyelashes. Oh, no. As well as pulling out her cat's whiskers. Oh, my God. What did the cat do? Yeah, leave the cat alone. And she would binge eat, causing her weight to fluctuate. Really? Mm-hmm.
2: I Very mean, sad.
0: Yeah, that is crazy. For a little kid like this, it's mm-hmm. just
2: not, uh, not cool.
0: No. Another problem was her height. She was not growing as fast as other kids her age. Yeah. Around 9 years old, she was only 3 feet 8 inches.
2: Wait, and 9 years old she's mm-hmm. 3 feet? That is short. I don't know what is the proper height for someone
0: that age. Maybe like 6 feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not good with Seven, numbers. 7,
2: 8, who knows. Yeah. But it's short anyway.
0: Yeah. To help literally boost her appearance, she started receiving costly hormone injections on a weekly basis at UCLA. What? On top of it, her hectic schedule caused her to miss school a lot, and she was thus not able to make many close friends as a result. Yeah. This is what happens with a lot of these child stars. They don't really get to have a childhood. Yeah,
1: they seem so cool to anyone that's not in the business, but they're getting no, but the school, put through the ringer.
2: The schools I go to, sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes the kids are equally, they're, they're like the dad Yosef here where they, they're they jealous of mm-hmm. someone who's doing crazy big things. Like, Bila Kuna said similar things. Like, she didn't have a lot of friends in school because... She was a child actress, and she was Ukrainian, so she was coming from like um kind of a similar point of view. Mm-hmm. Hungary and you know in Ukraine, I know are two different places, but I think it shows you that it's based on the family because her dad was very cool and her mom was very cool, right? So it's really family based. It's not like some you know cultural thing, really.
0: Yeah. And then think of someone like the kid that played Anakin Skywalker in Phantom Menace. Yeah. The movie was universally panned. Hated. And then he goes to school. Hey, guys, what's up? He's going to get stuffed into a locker. Yeah. On a massive level, he's suddenly bullied for not only being a child actor, who they're jealous of, but the star of a movie that they hated. That
2: bombed. And all these kind of nerd parents are like... Kill that kid because he ruined our Star Wars. Yeah,
0: they support it. <laughs> yeah, they, they high five the book. Yeah, they
2: probably give him brass knuckles to go into school
0: with. <laughs> Somebody kill that kid. Yeah, get that Anakin motherfucker. <laughs> the principal is like, "Who let him out of the locker?" <laughs> yeah, bring that do gooder to my office no, everyone, right now. Everyone's on board with this. <laughs> George but it's Lucas, yeah. George visits. Lincoln, yeah. He's like, all right, where is he? <laughs> Even though he wrote it, like, what the fuck? <laughs> he puts a padlock on the locker. But
2: the but Anakin's basically uh, Darth Vader, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, eventually, he, yeah. So he has it coming because he's going to be a monster anyway at some point.
0: But at least Lucas learned from all the bad reception and hired a good actor to play the rest of Anakin in adulthood.
2: Wait, who's that?
0: Hayden Christensen. Oh, he sucks. <laughs> That guy's He learned
2: nothing. Yeah, I know. Maybe he just didn't give a fuck. I don't think he...
0: That's why he sold it to Disney.
2: Yeah, that's it. You know, and he got billions of dollars, and good for him.
0: And then also, thinking of child actors in general, I really wonder, even on the best production, where they're treated like angels and well-protected, I still don't know if it's good for the kids' mental health. Because I think back to Brad Renfro being in The Client... Perfect casting, but then Joel Schumacher made the comment, "I hope he gets out of this thing okay." Really, this whole experience, yeah, because it's such a whirlwind. What Brad Renfro? Yeah, but it, I think he was referring to just being thrown on that world stage and yeah. all the pressure of being a successful young actor.
2: Well, but I think he knew he had a interesting background. That's why he was chosen. Actually, when you have those rougher backgrounds, that's why you're like chosen for these roles. Yeah, and. You know, it's a fifty-fifty split. No one knows what the hell's going to happen. Those scenarios, and you know, with this, I I still don't know what happened. To this girl, yeah. Well, her her family life is rough, but she could still make it out of there. Um, I am I'm in I'm in real time rooting for her in this story that you're telling us, and but I don't
0: know how it's going to end. All right. Well, I guess we can keep chugging along. Yeah. So I mentioned she was a very busy child actress. Yeah, busy, busy. Listen busy. to some of these credits. So she did Knott's Landing, Kids Don't Tell. She appeared in the Twilight Zone revival series. Wait, what? Yeah, that's a great series, by the way. Not the movies no. you talked about. Okay. In 1985, gotcha. there was a revival, and it's very good. Okay. In fact, one of the writers went on to create Game of Thrones. Oh.
2: But David Benioff?
0: No, what's his name?
2: Oh, David. George the other R. R.R.
0: Martin? Yes, him. Wait, he really? Wrote, yeah, he wrote on the Twilight Zone. Wow!
2: I thought he came, he like grew up in a cave and they just came <laughs> out with the scrolls of Game of <laughs> Thrones.
0: Yeah, I the, wrote this stuff. All the lore with these writers. Same with Charlie Kaufman. Before being John Malkovich, he wrote on the sitcom Ned and Stacy. and Get a Life. And get a life.
2: Yeah. He said an entire season to get a life. Charlie Kaufman said he said nothing in the writer's room. He just said, literally said nothing. And finally he was like, get a life.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Then he finally, I don't know, did something. But great show. Very inspiring. But it only went a couple seasons.
0: Anyway. And then back to the filmography of one Judith Barsi. Yes. Remington Steele. Punky Brewster. Love it. Cheers. Yeah. Punky Brewster. Yeah. Cagney and Lacey, the new Gidget, not to be confused with... The old Gidget. Gidget. (laughs) (laughs) Eye of the Tiger. What the hell is that? Is that like a Rocky spin-off? Yeah, that's
2: what it sounds like, a TV show based on uh, Rocky.
0: The Love Boat. If you were working in the 80s and you were anybody, you appeared on The Love Boat.
2: Yes. Because it was a reoccurring cast. We we just mentioned uh, who else was on it? The Blonde that recently died. Can't think of uh, Three's Company. Oh, Suzanne Somers. Suzanne Somers was on that. Yes.
0: Anyway, keep going. You know, those are the highlights. Yeah. But then we get to her first big movie. What? The summer would-be blockbuster, (laughs) Jaws. What? The Revenge 2. Oh, No, it's the fourth one. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Because there was Jaws 2. Right. And then there was Jaws 3D Ah. at SeaWorld. And then- draws the revenge this one is ridiculous because lorraine gray reprises her role from the first movie she's sheriff brody's wife oh okay and she was married to the head of the studio so he gave her this picture to star in it's just her this time yeah the character of brody is long dead and so she's just continuing the family legacy but wouldn't you know it There's a shark that's after her because Roy Scheider killed his uncle in the first one or something. Uh. So they actually attribute human characteristics to the shark in this (laughs) movie. It has
2: actual revenge. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It is awful. Because that developed over time because the original Jaws was a little more intelligent than your usual shark. So maybe it's just the metamorphosis of this whatever breed of shark which now it like
1: hey I'm not your average shark over here. Yeah, you kill
2: yeah, it's it's like getting tattoos of revenge <laughs> against people. It's like Robert De Niro in um in Cape Fear just getting tattoos on his knuckles.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I said Lorraine Gray, it's Lorraine Gary. Uh, and she is married to Sydney Sheinberg. Yeah. Ooh. So that's how she got this movie. Go get was... your Sheinberg
1: <laughs> It was a big. But
0: I told block. you I don't do Shinebergs <laughs> anymore. Don't do Shineberg no more. <laughs> Michael Caine won an Oscar and he couldn't accept it because he was filming this movie. What? What a bad decision. It... Why did he do it like Alfie Two or something? <laughs> and in one scene, he is thrown off the boat into the water. Whoa! And then they pull him out, and one shot later, he's completely dry. <laughs> So not the best production here, but... Yeah. sure it paid well. And we have a little clip.
2: Yeah.
0: It says, introducing Judith Barcy. makes the
2: plane go up and down?
0: Oh, that's easy. You go like this, and the houses get bigger. <laughs> then it crashes. Master Bruce. Go like this, and
2: then the <laughs> Jesus Christ, this is not even fun. want to go for a ride? Yeah! Is that Dennis Miller in the back? No. <laughs> hey, babe, how about this flight,
0: babe? <laughs> <laughs> We're going down, babe. Hey, Chachi, want you a little more uh, turbulence next time, chief? <laughs> Feels like I'm in a Jaws movie directed by David Cronenberg, <laughs> yeah, babe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, it's like Barishnikov <laughs> <laughs> In the Bahamas. <laughs> Michael Kine missed...
1: His- accepting an oscar to film that movie Mm -hmm. how crazy is that he won
0: for hannah and her sisters
1: yeah did
0: he really who directed that i forget (laughs) i i i (laughs) I think joe did you're not allowed to say my name anymore (laughs) (laughs) they shot this movie in the bahamas there was an incident while judith barcy was packing to go her dad put a knife to her throat threatening to kill her and her mother if they didn't return to him from the shoot. And then when they traveled to visit family afterwards, Yosef called Judith and reminded her of his threat. So they quickly returned home. And one actress was so disgusted by Judith's treatment, she quit the business. Wow. Because she thought, how could an industry allow this to happen to a little girl? And the industry's like, (laughs) get in line, pal.
2: I know. Yeah, this is one of many. This is like, this is years after your your buddy there, the the first Disney, you know, star who. who Oh,
1: my buddy (laughs) who
2: got chewed up and spat out. So like this, Bobby Driscoll. Long history, yeah. Bobby Driscoll was like thirty years before. So,
0: (laughs) Disney, Peter Pan, yeah, yeah, died in a coffers grave in Manhattan, yeah. Well, that part's not so bad. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah good. Great city. <laughs> New York!
0: <laughs> yeah. This is pre-9-11.
1: Concrete jungle where we will bury you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> in an unmarked grave. Now you're in New York. And that actress that quit the business, possibly Fritzy Jane Courtney. Possibly. But I'm not saying anything, okay? No.
1: Okay. She was on the Fritz.
0: Oh, God. She's on the Fritzy? <laughs> That's a better one. And then I have kind of a loaded blind item to go with this. Whoa. How do I put this? Barcy was possibly passed around by a famous producer. Oh, come on, man. Really? Jesus. Uh... But that's allegedly, supposedly. Yeah, but now Mm. we got to figure out what producer. I can't name names. Oh,
1: don't even tell There's some
0: guesses, but I don't feel like throwing that out there. (laughs) Is is it? Huh? Uh Huh? No, no. (laughs) (laughs) Is it a
2: certain celebrity? No, it's (laughs) not. It's not. It's a producer.
1: Oh, so now you're saying I'm not a producer? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of Manhattan, no, it really.
2: Oh, you guys are sick.
1: (laughs) Oh, so I'm not a producer.
0: Okay,
2: Uh, I'm just a writer. Jesus, I'm a a loser. Talk about
0: (laughs) slander over here.
2: (laughs) <laughs> I'm not, we didn't say a name. What are you talking about?
0: Yeah, what are you talking about? We're just talking. Yeah. yeah. And and her sickos over here. You know, we're, and her bossies. We're sweet and low down over here.
1: <laughs> Jesus.
0: <laughs> All right. Now that that's covered. Yeah. Her next project, because Jaws, that was a big thing to get. You know? Sure. Movie didn't do so well, but actually, there's one review that is the only review to give it a good mark.
2: Mm. Hey, Mark. Yeah. I thought I was the only good mark here. Yeah. Hey, what are you saying, huh? <laughs> Speaking of <it's> Mark Brothers, <laughs> I get one right in. Who's on Mark? Yeah, who's on Mark?
0: <laughs> That's what I'm asking you. <laughs>
2: Mark sound 3rd.
0: What? 3rd. <laughs> so the only good review that can be found of Jaws the Revenge comes from The Bee in Danville, Virginia. The Bee. And at the end of the review, they called Judith Barsi terrific.
1: <laughs> it's terrific. Get out of here.
0: Moving on to her next project, The Land Before Time. Oh, man. She did the voice of Ducky. Ducky! <laughs> Happy-go-lucky Sarah, Sarah, can you say that word, Kyle? Serophilus. Oh, yeah, Serophilus dinosaur. Yeah. No. And we have a clip. Oh, man. Before this we get to one the of clip, the though, clips. yeah, the logline is an orphaned brontosaurus teams up with other young dinosaurs in order to reunite with their families in that whole dinosaur land. I am not a long neck. I am a big mouth. But I am all alone. I am. I lost my family in the big Earthshake. Um...
2: You wanna go with me? Yeah! Oh, <laughs> Oh, yes, yes, yes! I do, I do! <laughs> all right, come on. <clears throat> my name's Littlefoot. Mine is Tucky.
0: Yep, that is what it is. Yep, yep, yep. So that was her big catchphrase. On that, yep, yep, yep.
2: Yeah, because you said that early in the podcast, and I was like, I know that's a
0: catchphrase. I'd never heard of it though. <laughs> what were you doing in the eighties? I don't know what. I fingering doing. chicks. Yeah, <laughs> you weren't watching Friends yet. I was smoking
1: cigs
2: and yeah. shooting guns. <laughs> <laughs> I was hanging out with Yosef. <laughs> oh, <Jesus. laughs> I was shelling out hundreds at bars. I will tell you,
0: Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was directed by Don Bluth, who is the poor man's Walt Disney. Yes. Troll in Central Park. Oh, God. He used to work for Walt Disney, too. Wow. The studio, not the man.
1: Not to be
2: confused with the Bluth family from Arrested Development.
0: Yeah. Right. Which is the only true Bluth family. (laughs) Yes. In my opinion. Yeah. And so he branched off and started making his own movies, and this was extremely successful. Bluth style is known for the rich imagery and the hand-drawn look to it. Yeah. And then also dark, dramatic themes, because as you could tell, that is a very sad movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Powerful. It's a death
1: that'll rock your world in that
0: movie. Yeah. And this was part of your childhood, right, Kyle? Yeah. And Pizza Hut had all the collectibles. <laughs> yeah. You could pay a dollar and you could get Ducky. I'll buy that for a dollar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I want some change. (laughs) Yeah, give me some change, please. (laughs) And so she knocked that role out of the park. And so Bluth then cast her as the lead voice in his next production, All Dogs Go to Heaven. With Burt Reynolds. Yes.
2: Yeah, I feel like my parents should have been taking me to these movies, but they were taking me to like Beverly Hills Cop instead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well that was funny.
2: When I was a kid. Yeah, great movie, but like still I should have been going I should have been getting more proper uh animated Disney movies well, shown to me.
0: Not Disney. Oh, yeah, this wasn't Disney. That's not Disney. Oh, it's not? No, No, remember, he branched off from Disney and started making his own. Wait, so All Dogs Go to Heaven is a Bluth production, too? Yes. Oh, wow. So no relation to
2: anything Disney or any of those
0: big studios? In fact, he teamed up with Spielberg for Land Before Time. Oh, wow. So it was
2: like DreamWorks before it was DreamWorks. Amblin. Amblin, okay.
0: gotcha. Wow. And they beat Disney at that time. Because Disney, it was before the Renaissance, as they call it disney was doing movies like the black cauldron which were financial flops
2: yeah disney was like fucked in those days yeah like they were doing garbage but they had all this old <laughs> ip that they weren't utilizing correctly you're fucking
0: garbage disney yeah yeah from me to you you're garbage Yeah, the hardcore Disney heads were like, you ain't done a good movie since Steamboat Willie. You fucking loser. You
2: bums. I'm all ambling all the way.
0: (laughs) During the audition for All Dogs Go to Heaven, Judith was asked to sing, but broke down in tears and became inconsolable. Incidentally, a woman named Lana Beeson ended up doing the singing for her character in the movie. Judith's agent was red faced and decided her client needed help because she wanted to get her out working again. I'm on the fence of how helpful this agent was. Mm. Yeah. It seemed like she was caring more about the money.
2: Of course. Agents just want the work coming in and do very little work and they don't want to make phone calls.
0: But nobody could deny it. Judith needed help badly. So, Ruth, the agent, convinced Maria to take her to a child psychologist. After a couple of sessions, the therapist was extremely disturbed by what Judith described to her. She said she had no choice but to call Child Protective Services. A social worker met with Maria and assessed the situation. But Maria downplayed the severity of the problem and convinced the worker that she had a plan of action, which was to divorce Yosef and cut him out of their lives. The case was then dropped. Wow. Jesus. CPS did not take further action. Yeah.
2: CPS still these days is not great in California, but at that time, it must have been a nightmare.
0: Yeah, it was bad
1: in the 90s.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know like how hands on they are but like clearly not hands on at all No
1: everyone gets nervous when it comes to other people's kids they're like uh,
0: uh, mm-hmm. should I do something should I not yeah. is
1: it just like a you know lovers spat like what's going on I don't know Yeah well the
2: the, the belief was all kids you know at the end of the day Being with the parents is the best option for them. Yeah, which is not true. Not true. Yeah. (laughs) But they believe, like, if their parents do want them back, it's the best situation. No.
1: Yeah. It's not true. No. Or they could just want to beat the shit out of them.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Like, and by this point, think of how many witnesses there had been already. Yeah. Dating back to the 70s of Yosef's behavior. Yeah. Mm. May 1988. Maria kept to her word and periodically started moving items to an apartment she rented in Panorama City.
2: I love it. Her well, I- except for the Panorama City part. <laughs> yeah.
0: Her idea was to make it look like she wasn't moving out, so she could stay under the radar. That's smart. Yeah. That's
2: like a sleeping with the enemy type move. Mm-hmm. You know, you just kind of like make a quick getaway.
0: Yeah. She and Judith would spend their days at the new apartment, telling Yosef they were on set. Wow. And then only return to the house to sleep. Good on her. Well, if she was already
1: in the house, like, why not just stay there and lock the door and be like, come find me, bitch. (laughs)
0: Easier said than done.
1: You don't want to ignite this guy. He's a, you know, he's an idiot and he's a
2: ruffian scumbag, but you don't want to get him going.
0: Yeah. After a month of this, most of their stuff was moved out. With the support of the social worker, Maria was ready to finally file for divorce and make her getaway. Or was she? The escape plan was delayed yet again, as Maria got cold feet and became annoyed that she had to be the one to leave the family home. Oh, come on. What? Like, why should she have to go get a hotel or an apartment somewhere? Well, you want
1: to stay there and be on the map with this guy who already
0: knows that address? You go to a new
1: place.
2: Yeah. Did he not seem that aggressive in scary that she was like okay now you know what i'm gonna put my foot down here and try a different strategy
0: the verbal abuse and the threats continued but ever since the incident where the cops were called to their home he stopped physically abusing them
2: okay i mean that's not great but like maybe she thought he was all talk and like full of
0: hot air right yeah although i'm not so sure about that because that's why they need to escape Mm. mm- I believe that's what I'm saying there's so many witnesses to his behavior and his threats it's not all hot air I mean there were real bruises and injuries yeah it, it's just so clear that he's dangerous which is why they're pretending that they're gonna live there forever when they're actually trying to escape
2: maybe he's so bipolar though that you like some days he's like oh he comes down and he like seems like a normal person, and you never know what you're going to get with this
1: guy. Well, that's the thing about abusive people. If they were always abusive, then people would leave easily. Mm-hmm. It's it's the whole love bombing and saying, I'm never going to do this again, and then you feel good again, and then they yeah. bring you back and then
2: yeah, start mm-hmm. going. And then it's just like a yeah, roller coaster, a and it goes high low then it goes at some point it seems like to me alejandro you're about to break to us it goes over that threshold
0: mm-hmm. and to your point he may have seemed at least not dangerous enough where they couldn't buy a little more time yeah and sleep there yeah but that was not the case july 25th 1988 8 30 a.m Their next-door neighbor heard an explosion and saw smoke rising from the Barsi house. She called 911. She, too, had witnessed Yosef's abusive behavior and heard his violent threats. So she feared the worst when cops arrived minutes later. And sadly, the worst was confirmed. A fire had destroyed most of the interior of the house. When the smoke cleared, cops found three dead bodies. Yosef had walked into Judith's bedroom and shot her in the back of the head with a thirty five caliber pistol while she was asleep, facing the window. She was only ten years old. Maria heard the gunshot and rushed into the hallway to intervene before being shot to death herself. Yosef then doused their bodies in gasoline, lit them on fire, and then entered the garage. He put the gun to his head and pulled the trigger. His gun was found in his hand and the can of gasoline was four feet from his body. Oh my God. Jeez.
1: What a scumbag. Total fucking loser. Didn't know what he had. Yeah.
2: He could have just had a very cushy life where, you know, he lived off
1: his daughter's talent and just like being proud of her. Yeah. How could you not be happy that you created that? Instead, you're looking at her like, that should be me. Well, it's
2: a masculine thing, too, you know.
1: It's a fucking loser thing.
2: It it is, but it's like, oh, like, these women are controlling me. Like, they're the power structure, and I am just some lowly, you know, plumber who wears bad suits and, (laughs) you know, has a couple hundred dollars, and all the money I have is in my pockets right now. And, Mm. you know, he's just
0: a sad loser. He's just a shitbag. Nothing against plumbers, but he's Nothing against Plumbers. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> I don't know whether I'm getting a oh, yeah. or. We what? Should,
2: we you get a toilet flushing? Thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> No, but plumbers dude, They can make really good money. Can I don't make understand. Bank. He,
0: he was making good money, even so it, yeah, even better.
1: But he wasn't making a hundred thousand, which is crazy because no, but plumbers he, should easily be able to make that. Yes, exactly. Easily, mm. especially back in the eighties, you could still make a dollars oh, Clearly,
2: and he's, he's not good with clients, and he pisses people off. Yeah, he doesn't get repeat business uh-huh. or word of mouth.
1: Yeah, he must have the worst butt crack in the world, and nobody yeah. wants to see or smell that. It must be
2: all cracked, no, <laughs> no
1: fixing.
0: And in the 80s, <laughs> no sizzle, <laughs> they were all eating taco-flavored Doritos and Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. So they had a lot of clogged toilets. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, well, they did. Yeah, this is, the sizzler was hot around then. That was back when Jay Leno was hawking Doritos. On hey, TV. you
2: know, make more. I, I know, you, you never work. heard of this? Yeah. Cool Ranch You see this guy's crack
0: yeah. <laughs> Hey Kevin You hear about this guy's crack Hey, hey uh, Bigger David. than the opening To Land Before Time Over here <laughs> You got any more crack The DEA's gonna show up
2: It's like more, You know what I mean <laughs> More crack than Jaws 4 over here <laughs> <laughs> More crack than New Jack City
0: <laughs> New crack city Mammoth. New crack city I heard about being The butt of the joke But this is ridiculous <laughs> But this is the butt <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Dave Letterman, do you mind if I take your job? (laughs) Hear about this? Everyone remembers Judith as being a sweet girl, full of love, full of life. Director Don Bluth called her absolutely astonishing. Quote, she understood verbal direction even for the most sophisticated situations. Wow. Wow. You know, kind of melancholy at the same time to hear that because she was forced into that kind of training. Yeah. But clearly a talent. Yeah, she had a good stage presence, and you can't really teach that. And that voice. We grew up with Lamb Before Time. Yeah. You didn't. But that was- (laughs) Dogs Go to Heaven, too. Yeah. They're both super powerful movies. Don Bluth was so heartbroken over her death that he based Anne Marie's design and mannerisms on her to honor her memory and cope with the loss. Yeah. In the movie All Dogs Go to Heaven, and get this, The Lamb Before Time was released in November 1988, 4 months after her death. Yeah. And it was a huge hit, grossing $84 million worldwide, beating out Disney's Oliver and Company. Yeah. I don't understand why there hasn't been
1: more competition to Disney that clearly they can do very well.
0: Because they buy everybody out. They bought Fox. Yeah, they must. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. And ironically, one of Don Bluth's last movies, Anastasia, that was a Fox animation production, that's on Disney Plus now because they bought Fox.
1: Yeah.
2: So they just became this evil empire conglomerate that just owns everything. Yeah. Yeah. I hate... Disney Plus sucks. I don't even care. (laughs) I like Andor. That's all I watched
0: in that (laughs) day. I can't get into that right now. So, All Dogs Go to Heaven was released in November 1989, exactly a year after The Land Before Time. And that was another big hit. Not quite as much money as Land Before Time, but clearly on video it did very well, too. The ending theme song, Love Survives, was dedicated to Barcy's memory. And just to remind you, the log line here for All Dogs Go to Heaven, a canine angel, Charlie, voiced by Burt Reynolds, sneaks back to Earth from heaven and ends up befriending an orphan girl, Anne-Marie, voiced by Judith Barsi, who can speak to animals. In the process, Charlie learns that friendship is the most heavenly gift of all. Mm. And we have a clip here. Yep. This is from the end of the movie, when Charlie needs to return to heaven. Goodbye, little buddy.
2: Oh, Charlie, I'll miss you.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> I'm, 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 I'll miss you too, Squeaker. Now you, you go to sleep,
2: huh? Charlie, will I ever see you again? Sure. Sure you will, kid. You know, goodbyes aren't forever. Then, goodbye, Charlie. I love you. Yeah. I love you too.
0: So Burt Reynolds had to record his lines after she died. Oh my god. And you can hear him get choked up in it. Jeez. He's a he's a real guy. I see I I never thought he was that sentimental, but I guess he is. Wow. How could you not be in that situation?
1: No, yeah. That's yeah. crazy. I didn't realize he recorded after she died. Mm-hmm. Man.
2: Oof.
0: Yeah, that is just so powerful. I had that on VHS. I used to cry to that all the time. Yeah. Oof. And just knowing that, just how she was treated in real life, when she says, I love you, is her last line. It's yeah. so bittersweet. Like she was destroyed by this evil, and yeah. yet, such a sweet legacy with these movies. Yeah. Man. I gotta watch this movie now. I You've will... never seen it? No.
1: Wow.
0: Never that's watched. a classic. It's yeah. a great movie. Again, like Lamb Before Time, that's one I grew up with. Yeah. yeah. Little trivia here Lance Guest, who starred alongside Judith in Jaws the Revenge. And he also played the quasi love interest of Lori Strode in <laughs> Halloween 2. Nice. He's the one that slips in the blood in the hospital at the end. <laughs> he was one of her pallbearers. Wow. At the funeral. Hmm. Bonnie Gold, a spokeswoman for a Studio City acting agency that managed Judith's career, told the L.A. Times, quote, She was very successful with every door open to her. There's no telling how far she would have gone. Yep. Judith and Maria are buried side by side in Forest Lawn Memorial Park. Oh, wow. Her headstone includes her famous line, yep, yep, yep. Wow. And curiously that's also on the mom's grave. Yep, yep, yep. Really? Really? Yeah. Wow. She didn't say it. Well, but, but and she didn't protect her. All right, no. let's get this out of the way. What do you guys think of this mom? I mean,
1: I feel for her, but also she was out. She had a new apartment. She was already, you know, nesting and taking things from the old place to the new place and then she got a fire up under her ass. And was pissed that he gets to live in the house and she doesn't. She lives in an apartment. That to me, I mean, that was the kiss of death. She could have easily been gone.
2: Well, that well, clean she, break, get out of there. Yeah, he eventually did get the fire up her ass. Unfortunately, oh, well, I'm serious.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm so glad we read the disclaimer at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: no, but she did. But well, hey, okay. In all seriousness, when it comes to your kid. Take no chances. You cannot fuck around. Don't don't she, take it. Don't roll the dice on whether or not this guy would come over without a hangover.
0: She yeah. needed to run and gun it to the new apartment. Nice. Yes, nice. Uh,
2: but yeah, it's it's you when you know something could happen like this, and you know you're dealing with a very volatile, you know, crazy guy who is angry. Don't even you know run first and then ask questions later.
1: Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is like, a lot of people, even women, will not be fully scared of a man that's, you know, they deem to be in their head, like, a pussy. And that's probably what she thought about him. Like, that's... yeah, you're loud, but you're never going to really do anything deep down. I can fucking take this house and kick you out, and you'll just fucking have to accept it. But when it comes down to people like that, it doesn't take a real man to show up with a gun and shoot people. Yeah. And... Sometimes, but we're not a trying. A lot to of times blame, that will happen. We're not trying to
2: blame her, and I'm not. No, to no, blame her. I think she just, I think she had men in her life uh who did talk a lot, a big game, also, and she maybe she anticipated it. He'll he'll just burn himself out and then come back and it'll be fine.
0: Yeah, blame isn't the word, but it is unfortunate that she couldn't take Judith out of the situation. Yeah, yeah. if she's being that badly abused. But she didn't have a mom close. You need to risk whatever will happen to get her out of that dangerous scenario.
1: Yeah, Yeah, you don't think about yourself in that situation. You think about your kid and what's best for them, Mm -hmm. and take them the fuck away from whatever's happening at home.
0: Even get out of Hollywood. Go far away. Lay low. And this is the fucked up part. She's so worried
1: about him living in the house. If she goes and she leaves, she stays in the apartment. If she gets a divorce, she's getting the house anyway. Yeah, if it goes
2: to, a, like, a court or something, yeah, she's getting—maybe She maybe she doesn't understand, because at this time, is it, like, the type of divorce it would be everyone just splits everything, and I think the court would rule in her favor, but she doesn't—maybe yeah. she doesn't know this. She doesn't know how these courts work. Mm. I mean, she, California.
1: Yeah, she had neighbors that knew the second they saw flames coming from that house that what exactly what happened. So, like, That's even what I'm the saying. neighbors knew.
0: All, they had witnesses. All the witnesses through the years. Yeah. You know how the movie Alpha Dog, throughout the entire movie, every Counts. person they pass, there's a counter telling you witness number one, witness number 20, yeah. 43. This yeah. version would have witness number 250. <laughs> yeah. From people on set to neighbors to family members. Yeah. Yeah. And then one thing I'll add is that another situation that could have arose is that they move and he follows them anyway. Somehow finds where they're located and then does the same thing. I don't know. Maybe they could have gotten a restraining order. It's just you hear those sad cases where even the restraining order doesn't help.
2: But you could just disappear back in those days and no one would know the fuck. you. Like even if they went to Panorama City, even if
0: they went five blocks away, you don't know how to find people. You know, you, right. you, you need a map. And Especially you, you know, in L.A. at that time. Yeah. You could have gone to Thousand Oaks and been yeah. anonymous. Yeah. It's
2: still a big city. No one knows how to find anyone there. Right. Yeah. Uh,
0: Jeez. So anyway, and then I have a final thing here that's kind of interesting. Let's hear it. There was a little show called Murder House Flip. Oh, God. Yeah, you told me about this. Is
2: it the house that we're talking about here?
0: Yes.
1: What? Do you remember Quibi?
2: Yes, which lasted (laughs) for like 20 minutes. Yeah. Well, speaking of DreamWorks, that was Jeff Katzenberg's uh, brainchild who who was the K.
1: Yeah, exactly. In SKG. Dude, I had like a couple of years where I was pitching TV shows and every single time they would be like, this is perfect for Quibi. And I'm like, great, that fucking thing went
0: under in two seconds. But too bad you couldn't get paid for it because they were throwing out money. They were. It was throwing on trees. Yeah, someone
2: got rich on that because they lost like $1.7 billion
0: in like 25 minutes. And they got $2 billion (laughs) from investors. Wow. So Jeffrey Katzenberg teamed up with Meg Whitman, the former CEO of Hewlett-Packard. Oh, ran, that's right. Ran for governor of California in 2010 <laughs> as a Republican. Wait,
2: wait, wait! Not Gretchen Whitmer. Wait, what'd you say? Meg Whitman. Meg Whitman. Okay, yes. Yeah. Damn it, Meg. Shut up, Meg. <laughs> yeah, you're right. She she ran HP, which, you know, not another good idea, really. Like a company that really kind of went under. Also,
0: and I'd Meg- rather trust Gateway.
2: Yeah, I'd rather
0: get a compact. <laughs> she and Katzenberg <laughs> launched Quibi in April 2020. The idea of Quibi is that it was a short-form streaming platform that generated content meant to be viewed on mobile devices. Yeah. And the max length of each video was 10 minutes. Well, what happened in April 2020? covid yeah. <laughs> Suddenly, everyone's at home watching things on their big TV. Yeah. There's no use uh, for this stupid mobile idea. I
2: think that's a cop out, though. Th- they would like that cop out. Yeah. I think they- it sucked in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> it was it a shitty idea in the first place.
1: You yeah. know what annoyed me about all my pitches and them saying it's everything should go on Quibi? They're like, this is perfect because Quibi's looking for snackable content. Ugh. Snackable. It's just very short and nice and
2: Every season
1: shut the fuck up. All the
2: executives get
1: like eight new keywords that they repeat. It makes me so mad. Yeah. Oh, this is preferable
0: snackable content. (laughs) More like smackable. Yeah. Let me fucking smack you.
2: (laughs) How you smack me now?
0: (laughs) And by December twenty twenty it folded. And then Roku bought it in twenty twenty one just to release the content.
2: Oh yes. I watched a Kevin Hart movie on Roku, which was actually a Quibi TV show that they just attach all the episodes together. So it was a series? It was not meant to be a series. I m not meant to be a. uh it was meant to be a series, but they released it
0: as a movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, movies on Quibi, what did it take? Ten parts to finish it? Something Th- like that's that. That's not
1: very snackable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It sucked anyway.
0: And then (laughs) now I don't even know what's going on with that content because I tried to find Murder House Flip and Roku doesn't have it anymore. Oh, they took it down recently. Yeah, they they were getting rid of the dead weight. Wow. Everything's getting
2: rid of everything. Like all these
0: uh, streaming services
2: are like, yeah, maybe we don't have to pay them $20 a month to host this, you know?
0: Yeah. So I was digging and digging and digging to find Murder House Flip on the internet. And I'm happy to report that I did. Ooh! And so we have a clip. And just to introduce it. We have two clips. In 2001, the Bernal family moved into the former Barcy home on the 2200 block of McHale Street in West Hills. And their daughter, Gabby, was extremely traumatized by the house. So let's hear clip one. The house had a bad energy when we moved in.
2: Weird things would happen. The garage door would open and close. had like cold spots in my room. I didn't really sleep last night at all. I felt like someone was watching me. We moved in, I was like 10 years old at the time. And we didn't know anything about this house. And I started having an imaginary friend named Joseph. And he would open (laughs) and close like the garage door when my dad would come home or turn off and on the lights. We came to find out that the killer's name was actually Joseph.
1: The way things line
2: up with this story is is really eerie. There's clearly some bad energy trapped inside this house.
0: (laughs) What a genius. What great commentary.
2: (laughs) Wait a second. The garage door is opening and closing? Oh! Oh! Whoa, wait a second. What next?
0: Call the cops. That sounds bad. (laughs) (laughs) It looks like no one
2: is thrilled about doing that show, especially the hosts.
1: The washing machine turned on and off? (laughs) Yeah. Oh! The lights went on?
0: (laughs) Were you switching them on? Well, yeah, but they're on.
1: But it's crazy. It's crazy,
0: right? (laughs) There was a weird, ugly Hungarian man standing over my (laughs) bed it came with the house they told me yeah (laughs) so the girl gabby her bed was in the same position as judith's bed was and basically the house was unchanged yeah,
2: I'm surprised it wasn't like a full knockdown after the burning. And stuff.
0: I know. Yeah, and so I mean, there was some change, obviously, but yeah, it yeah, was some the same refurbishing. I hope basic layout. Yeah. And so then the next clip is the reveal of how they remodeled the house to have a better energy. Yeah. Are you ready
2: to go in your bedroom? Yeah, I'm really ready. <laughs> I'm super excited to see it.
0: Let's do it.
2: Wow.
0: It doesn't oh, look,
2: like look, look a little different. Oh. oh. It wow, it's so nice. Oh, it's How nice. nice.
0: Beforehand, your room was full of dream catchers. I think that they were holding on to a bunch of negative energy. And If you could tell, there's not one dream catcher here.
2: It's a grown up's room. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice the dream catchers were even missing. Now, it's like I, I don't really need the dream catchers
1: anymore. You remember that window that was there? Yes, it's not there anymore. It's not there anymore. We created French doors. That way you can bring in new energy and all the bad energy
0: can flow out. That way intruders can come in easily. Yeah. yeah. Come that, on in. That
1: room that they're in is the one that Judith got k- murdered in.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And they're,
2: she's like, it's a grown up's room now. Yeah, how old is she still in this house?
1: Yeah, it's like, if you're a grown up, move the fuck out of your yeah. family's house. You go to Panorama
2: City. <laughs> go to Panorama
1: City. The- you
0: <laughs> fucking loser.
2: And don't give anyone your address.
0: Yeah. Then there's another fire.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously, she's kind of like a very, you know, mythological person. She's got all those dream catchers and stuff. She's one of those, you know, moonbeam type of, like, you know. Soleil, moon
1: fry. Crystal,
2: <laughs> yeah, she's into crystals and shit. So she believes in ghosts and spirits. Yeah. Boo.
0: Yeah, Kyle is bah humbug on that shit. Yeah. I like <laughs> the French George, though. <laughs> oh, God. That's the other tragic part of the story is Judith Barsi would become a, the subject of a Quibi show.
1: Yeah, That show is so soulless. I thought it was supposed to be like a joke, but it's like very serious about they really mm-hmm. want to flip the house. Yeah. And I w- <laughs> The guy's like, "Oh damn! We we opened up the wall like they Joseph opened up her head, yeah. and you know this is perfect for you. Perfect for you. Do you
2: feel the fire in your heart like she felt in her body <laughs> oh, when she was burned? God. Okay, come on.
1: Jeez, clean it up, Katzenberg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah th- This is the what brought down Quibby. This show. <laughs> the French doors are what brought down. Quibi. Yeah.
0: And other subjects not snackable. Uh, th- <laughs> not snackable to you? Yeah, it's no, not, not snackable content. Snackable. No way. Yeah, it's more like you want to cough it up. Yeah. yeah. Puke it up. Other <laughs> Murder House Flip subjects, Dorothea Puente. Hey, I went to that house. Yeah, that Check, check it way. out on our TikTok. Check out our TikTok, and you're never going to find it on the internet on Murder House Flip, because they've buried all the episodes. Yeah. But I would like to see that episode now.
1: Yeah. Shout so. out. I and, didn't know they did Dorothy Puente.
0: and Jody Arias. Oh wow! I wonder what they did with the shower.
1: Hey, take some pictures in there.
0: Added French she
1: was,
2: uh, doors. Hot.
0: Yeah, they added French doors <laughs> to the shower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that is everything. Final thoughts. Oh,
1: Judith Barthy, Barthy. <laughs> I find my <I> from Barcelona. <laughs> Judith Barcy, man, she was failed on so many levels. Uh, I feel so horrible for her. I mean, God, her mother's a victim too, but also does deserve some blame. Like there's, we can say victim blaming all day, but there is a certain level of blame for people who put a child in a situation that gets them both killed. Yeah.
2: Well, it's hard when you're an immigrant and you have also an immigrant husband And you just don't know where to turn. You don't know. Yeah. Can you trust the government? You know, are, were they citizens? Maybe we don't know about that at that time. And you just don't want to get in trouble. And like, you know, there was a time there was like a lot of anti-immigration going on uh, in the eighties and stuff and a lot of hatred. And you don't know, maybe that, that turned them off and what made them not want to turn to these government agencies. But not to say that the CPS or any of these agencies are great, but yeah, more could have been done. But there, there's definitely a fear level of like who you can actually turn to. Yeah, and it's usually inward towards your own organizations or societies or what I don't know.
1: It's definitely not people on set because she told people, "My daddy's a drunk, and he always talks about killing my mom." Yeah, the
2: the 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 and like whatever kid,
1: take three. The
2: red <laughs> flags were all there, like waving very wildly.
1: Yeah, Ted Danson was like, "What are you talking about?" That was the picture I saw. Ted Danson with uh, Judith Barsi in his lap. Well, yeah, she was on Cheers. Yeah, yeah. She. I heard
2: she wrote the Whoopi Goldberg roast. Judith Bars, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for, for that's Ted Danson—that's a wild
1: <laughs> out there joke.
0: It was her idea to do blackface.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, truthfully, Karen Johnson wrote that roast. Yeah. really? Yeah. Oh shit! Sure. Whoopi Goldberg. Oh my god. Yeah. We'll explore that roast on Death of a Career. Yeah, we on can Patreon.
2: do it. We can do a Patreon thing for that.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, RIP Judith Barcy. And I just want to say that Yosef was as ugly inside as he was on the outside. Yeah, yeah man. All right, well, go to DeathInEntertainment.com. That's right. You heard it, folks. Wait a second. DeathInEntertainment.com. Are you going to tell me? We have our own website? Get out of here. And there you can find all the links to our social media, including Twitter and Instagram and YouTube. But most importantly, Patreon.com
1: slash DeathInEntertainment, which we just have been able to beat the man. They they designated us adult only content because they said that we had put up sexually explicit material, which we never did. I had them do a human review and they just got back to us this week saying we are no longer shadow banned. We can be found in searches. And that's why we ended up getting like a bunch of more Patreon members this week. Awesome. You guys noticed, but yeah.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah. So it is no longer adult only content. Go down to patreon.com slash death and entertainment or just go to patreon.com and look up death and entertainment because you can find us now. People couldn't do it before. And now we're moving on.
0: And our latest episode is about the true story of Scream.
1: Hey. Yes.
0: And it's actually a few stories in one. Yeah. Like very movies. Very chilling. A lot of inspirational things.
2: And I think, I wonder on Patreon if we got labeled as sexual content, For my legs in my yeah, I think which there's been a lot of chatter about out there on the internet.
1: It was very sexualized. Yeah, Yeah, so I think
2: I think I'm more. I'm wearing the pants today. It's cooler (laughs) outside. I'm I'm dialing back the sexy. I'm I'm not bringing sexy back. I'm taking it away. You're
1: taking it away. (laughs) I'm taking sexy back.
0: Yeah, yeah. with me, not not for you. All right, everybody. Until next time. Don't go dying on us. Bye bye. You have just heard.
1: A true Hollywood murder mystery.
0: I have never seen
1: anything like this before.
0: The movies, Broadway, music, television, all of it.
2: A place that manufactures nightmares.
0: Okay, everybody, that's a wrap.
1: Good night. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon.